Hey, Keith. Uh, good morning. We're back for another Wednesday episode of Media Insultant, and I asked a question. Can you put lipstick on an old radio station and build a younger audience with it? Well, KNX, our famous news radio in your town of Los Angeles, is going to find out. Get some comments on that. Uh, Next Star is going against the stream with its local newscast. We think this is, at best, a dumb idea. Maybe I should say I think it's a dumb idea. So we'll talk about that. And remember when Studebaker and Packard merged? <laughs> yeah, of course you don't. Well, you probably don't, but there are lessons in that merger that uh, could be very relevant for people in the radio and newspaper business. Those are some of the things we want to talk about this morning. We're back with another episode of Media Insultant, our comments and opinions and ideas. In Seattle, I'm Jackson Weaver. And in sunny Southern California, it's my good friend, Mr. Keith Samuels. So without commercial interruption, and now weekly on Wednesday, we welcome you to the Wednesday, February 1st episode of Media Insultant. Just to clarify, this episode of Media Insultant was not created by AI using chat GPT. And I, you know, I got to admit, after we talked about this last week, it, it's it's fascinating how useful it is, and and yet scary, man. But well, you know, I'm, I'm really good. So maybe we need to go back to a little Chat GPT once in a while. Might not be a bad idea, but you know, our ideas and opinions, I don't think Chat GPT could create. Though maybe they have better ideas and better opinions <laughs> than we have. So who knows? Maybe we're safe. Maybe we're not. We. You know, we think this is the last bastion that AI will never will never invade, but... Hmm. Well, you, you know, know part like, of like half of scary. AI is intelligence, and no one accused us of having that. So, you know, without intelligence, these guys can't work, so... <laughs> That's exactly it. I hadn't even thought about that. Thank you. We're safe. We're safe. But before we get to our regular stories, in the past, Keith, we have marveled, and you and I both have talked about how on-air talent for groups like iHeart... Cumulus and Odyssey can handle these multiple air shifts in multiple markets every day. You know, we've got people doing middays in Chattanooga, middays in Peoria, and middays now in Peoria, as well as doing afternoons in all of those markets, plus adding Flint and being the operations manager in Barstow. It just, the, the job titles never end. Well, I was doing some listening this weekend to iHeart CHR station. And I got to tell you, it sounded horrible because I, what they're doing is so simple. They're recording breaks with very vague neutral content, nothing local. It's all time to fit over music intros or jingle breaks, right? So they take a 10-second personality break. I'll call it a personality break. It's not. And they say something, the jock says something like, hey, did you catch the Emmys last night? Yeah, yeah. Well, that can fit in any market. So it's a 10-second break that the computer just slugs into different openings and different breaks in the uh, in the markets that they're supposedly doing an air shift in. It's never timely. It's never local. They never have call letters attached to it, you know. So you never hear, a, you know, the air talent coming out and saying, you know, from hits 106.5, it's got a great afternoon. You never hear any of that stuff. And, God, Keith, it just sounds terrible. 
It's not real radio show, and I don't know what you call it. It's It's called cheap radio. It's called inexpensive radio. It's called voice tracking, whether it's done locally by somebody who's not at work at that time but did it on Thursday when they needed to voice track the weekend shift, or it's an out-of-town voice, or it's a generic show, or it's even a syndicated show. So you never really know. It's where we've gone in radio, and and there's no going back because they just don't want to pay people to do you know weekend i mean my gosh when you know a couple of decades ago you had a you had a live personality 24 7 now you know you're barely lucky to have a live personality 6a to 7p yeah that's right that's exactly right and again of course i've been talking about uh, the weekend shift but my observation also goes for other day parts in other days of the week that this process is what they're doing throughout all the day parts with the exception of some morning shows so all right many of our listeners are uh not geeky enough to remember the uh, old studebaker packard merger in the mid 50s and uh, you can admit you do or don't keith what do you remember packard and studebaker merging i remember packard and studebaker but i was way too young to remember the merger so sorry about that okay no, that's all right. That's all right. Well, I'm kind of geeky on this stuff. They were and you're kind of older. And Studebaker were two. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Is, is this line gone dead again? Well, for those who don't remember, Packard and Studebaker were two big automotive companies that kind of failed coming out of the Second World War. They just really struggled with capitalization and a whole batch of other internal management issues. So they had a great idea. Let's merge. Join forces. We'll thrive. We'll have compatible product lines. Packard taking the upper part of the market. Studebaker the lower mid-priced market. Except it didn't work that way. And within a decade, both of these brands were long gone, along with thousands and thousands of jobs in places like um, South Bend, Indiana. Now, the reason I even mention this scenario, Keith, is because Shaw Media has done a deal in Illinois for seven radio stations. And it reminded me of the merger of two struggling entities, doesn't a Superman make? Mm. You know, it was a small deal, a local deal, about $1.8 million for a group of stations in LaSalle, Peru, in uh, Illinois. Uh, newspapers have been in Shaw's uh, media packet for over 100 years. You may know them. I, I don't in your, your travels with uh, doing newspaper work. And it's well run, but the question is, can a small market newspaper combined with a small market cluster of radio stations actually come out stronger? Or is this just a weak merger, Keith? What's your opinion? Well, I think it's a, it's a, well, it's an inexpensive mer- buyout merger that um, uh, kind of makes sense when you think about what Shaw's business model is. And that is that they, you know, they're a, a small market all, entirely in Illinois and, and Iowa uh, newspaper company, so they're in they're they're in those news deserts, right? That everybody was worried about, and and providing great uh, newspaper, uh, providing great news uh, and information to these these communities, kind of between Chicago and and Des Moines, where you have you know lots of you know agriculture, lots of uh, you know little small uh, edge suburbs, you know south of Rockford and outside of Des Moines. You know, it's a pretty good niche that they've gotten. Uh, it's been company-owned for over 100 years. It's like the third oldest continuously owned and operated newspaper company in the United States. So they know these markets. They know these areas really well. Um, so I think, 
you know, all of a sudden this this competitor, this this pesky radio competitor, wants to sell in a market you've had a newspaper in for over a hundred years. You kind of think, well, you know, maybe uh, maybe we just t- we just buy that and own all the media in this particular marketplace. But I also think too that that they're probably going after uh, a lot of the digital capabilities that this little radio group they bought, Stud Still Media, uh, has in that in that area and maybe beyond. So I, you know, I don't know exactly, but I'm thinking there's a little bit more under the hood that that Shaw really liked about Stud Still that. Um, that they're going to incorporate and take over and run. So do I think this is something that, that, that Shaw is going to do in all of their markets where there's little radio stations all, all across the, the, the fruited plain? Probably not. But uh, I think this group probably had something that Shaw wanted, and I think it's probably more on the digital side than it is on the audio side. So you're not seeing this as a, necessarily a, um, a, a new strategy for radio station survival or newspaper survival. This is more of a one-off kind of a situation? Yeah, I do, because I don't think there's, 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 there aren't a lot of small newspaper groups. Well, there's a lot of small newspaper groups around the country, and none of them can afford $1.8 million to buy a radio group. So you know, they're just trying to stay in business and stay alive. So I think Shaw you know, is in a position here to... Uh, to kind of own the own the marketplace and and maybe build off it. You know, and if we do see them buying, you know, radio stations in Rockford, or we see them buying something outside uh, Des Moines or wherever, uh, then then uh, we'll come back and visit this and say this is a strategy that they're doing. But I think for this point, there's something else at Stud Still other than the over-the-air radio stations that they really like and need and want. And that might be what's what's happening on the digital side. Yeah, and you know my experience with uh, most of my smaller media markets is uh, the newspapers uh, that that I've got clients in, not newspapers, but radio stations I've worked with. The newspaper is in worse shape than any of the radio stations. You know, they're down to one day a week. Uh, they're printing, you know, somewhere in Duluth, right. Minnesota. They just, you know, it, it's it's a shell of, a, of what it, what it used to be. So. All right, we'll keep an eye on that and see if that does become a trend. I agree with you. I don't think that's going to be a long-term strategy. Uh, got an interesting take, though, on uh, radio and TV stations. Uh, this, is, this is for anybody in the media business right now. Nexstar is no longer going to stream their newscasts. Uh, this really startled me. And this is significant because Nexstar, as you know, Keith, is the largest TV group by revenue with 115 markets and, I don't know, close to $4 billion in gross revenue. And they've got some big, kick-ass television stations. At least historically, they were kick-ass television stations. No, they WGN still are. Yeah. in Chicago. Yeah, KTLA in L.A., Cron in San Francisco. So the reason that they have given is for not streaming their newscasts any longer is to honor their commitments to cable satellite and telecom partners uh yeah i'm not quite sure what this means um the real reason to me is that they're going to try and grow retrans revenue in light of rapidly declining audience numbers their audience numbers and the cord cutters you know this was bound to happen we've talked about this fewer and fewer people are, are connected via cable and the numbers for the ratings on all of these network or all of these stations has gone down precipitously over the past uh, decade. What's your read on this? Why is Nexstar making this what I see as being a very backward move? Uh, I, I don't see it as backward. I think it's, it's more of a sideways move, okay? Because they're still going to stream their newscasts. They're just going to stream them two hours later. They're going to tape delay 
the live newscasts, and they're still going to stream live breaking news on their website. So if there's something really critical, they're going to do this. So this is a, a compromise, I think, to protect their retrans, not to grow it, but to protect it, keep it from going down any further. Because I can hear the cable companies okay. going, hey, listen, you're putting all this content online. Screw you, buddy. We're, we're cutting we're cutting your uh, retrans by 50%. And, and they're going, uh, hold on, time out. Let's stop here a second. And I think this is a, a, a smart move by Nexstar to do this. But here's the other thing that I think, too, Jackson, is that what you know, all these stations are relying on live news. We've talked about how everybody's running more live local news, you know, so they have a local inventory and a they ha- and b they have local viewership because they're losing syndication viewership uh, to the cord cutters, right? So in this case, I think if I'm if I'm running you know live local news on KTLA from four in the morning until eleven in the morning, you know, I need to have as big an over the air audience as possible because that's where the real revenue is. The real revenue is not spots running in my stream. Okay, my stream audience isn't big enough to drive rates on, you know, on on online. It's over the air that drives rates, and I think so. It's two parts. I think it's protecting retrans, and it's trying to preserve whatever audience you still have left on your over the air signal, where you can get over the air dollars versus the streaming digital dimes and nickels that you might get on a cheap CPM buy. So I think they, they kind of want to have it both ways. They're still going to have local news online, and they'll still sell spots on that. And they want they want to protect their, their retrans, or at least keep it from going down any faster. And they want to try to maintain whatever audience they have uh, locally over the air so they can still sell higher cost per points to the traditional TV buyers. So I, I think it, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense to me. Well, and the captain of the Titanic wanted to keep that boat afloat, too. So, you know, I mean, it's I, – I just think they're fighting the, the probably the wrong battle. I, your points are all valid. You're absolutely right. I just don't think it makes any difference. And Ed mm-hmm. Steenman, our, our, our agency guru, uh, has commented that actually cost per thousand on OTA TV is a lot cheaper than the comparable streams. The streams are more expensive than the OTA stuff. Okay, well, yes, you do. On a cost-per-point basis, but I bet the but I bet the rates are still cheaper online. And but because there's fewer thousands, it, you know, I get it. Yes, I think you're right. That, that balances first over the air revenue, and um, and plus now, like in LA, and certainly you're seeing this across the country. Next, are seeing this probably in a lot of their markets, where their network O and O competitors are expanding their local news blocks and it's going to it's going to you know chip away at their audience you know, that's try, right they're trying to be competitive right. yeah i you know i i had this uh conversation years ago when i was um, i started a, a website for cox we started a whole series of them for cox interactive media called seattle insider and you know there was austin 360 and uh the san francisco gate and all of these things and and the tie-in was between the website and of uh, television stations and the question always became one thing is that is if you got a breaking news story, they don't want it on the websites. The television stations would go all, would, would constantly say, no, it's got to be on air first, which means you got had to wait for at least the 5 o'clock news. 
And, you know, radio had this same problem with newspapers back in the 30s. The newspapers with their uh, with the press services said you can't put a news story on the radio until it's been printed and distributed to the newsstands. So I see the same thing going on in this case with Nexstar going, who's going to define what breaking news is, one, and how do you promote that? Hey, if it's breaking news, tune us in. If it isn't, see in a couple hours. Here's what they do on that, Jackson, because I experienced this yesterday. There was a wicked wild car chase yesterday afternoon through L- through parts of L.A. and into East L.A. I mean, it was crazy, right? And the way they promote it is on Twitter. So if you follow that, if you're on Twitter and you follow KTLA or you follow K- K- KCBS, KCAL 9 or whatever it is, you're following a TV station, and you, you know, it's a TV break during the football game, and uh, you go, wow, oh, wait a minute. Well, I can't watch it on over the air because they're in some other block or they're they're covering the game. It's, it's CBS has got the they've got the uh, uh, Chiefs and uh, uh, and who did the Chiefs beat the and the Bengals yesterday, right? But I want to watch the Bengals, car chase. Bengals, yeah. So Twitter tells me it's on the website, so I go to their website and they they're streaming live the helicopter coverage of this chase. So there's that's their way of driving online viewership when they can't break away from the football game, or other content. So, you know, it, it's breaking news will still have its place online live. It's just the stream of the newscast that won't. Yeah, we, we will see. A very short-term fix. I don't think it'll make any difference in terms of audience levels or anything else. But, hey, they're next star. They, you know, what the hell do I know? Hey, you know, these are the same people, I remind you, who think that next-gen television, you know, ATSC 3.0 next-gen, is going to be the hot thing. And who's the dummy in the room at that point? All right, Keith, uh, one other final thing we need to talk about is, as you and I both know, news radio has been on KNX 1090 since 1968 down in Los Angeles. That's right. Uh, it was, as you know, also owned by CBS since, I think, about 1938, now owned by Odyssey. KNX, about a year ago, added the FM. They, what, what was it, AMP FM? And top 40, CHR top 40, and, yeah, 97.1. Amp was the competitor to uh, to Kiss FM. You know, the iHeart's Kiss, Kiss FM. Right. So they they killed they killed Amp, and they simulcasted uh, KNX 1070 News Radio uh, on FM. And their reason for that was a younger audience. Uh, yes, their audience was aging out, as most AM stations are. And I, but I also think they wanted to have you know better fidelity. They wanted to sound better. They wanted to they wanted to uh, introduce themselves to listeners under 55 that listen to FM. And, right. Um, yeah, so th- this is an Odyssey, formerly Intercom, formerly CBS, initiative where they're flipping, they're shuttering FMs in major markets. They've done it in New York. They've done it in uh, uh, in Philadelphia. They've done it in L.A. San Francisco. <clears throat> San Francisco, yeah. And that's their, their thing is that they want to put these – FM, they want to put these, these old AM news stations that were big billing radio stations, but declining, and put them on FM so to get an, a, a younger audience, get into younger demos, and continue to kind of grow the audience if they can, instead of having the audience die off. And so they've, they've, done, they've done that in LA. They did it and they flipped it, I think, in December last of 21. So they've been on FM for just a little bit over a year. How's it working? Well, they killed AMP. And let's just say AMP was probably billing, I don't know, uh, half a million a month, so maybe six million a year, maybe maybe seven, maybe eight million a year. So they, they completely flushed that revenue. 
and and in hopes that the much bigger audience on the AM would make up for it, and uh, they haven't come close to making up that audience or or the revenue uh, on uh, the, the AM FM combo of KNX News Radio. Uh, we've seen uh, it popped up a little bit at the beginning mid year. They got up to like a three five share in the last holiday book. They were down to a two five. Now that doesn't you know it'll it'll pick up because news radio doesn't do great you know in December. Everybody's listening to Christmas music, right? But uh, so we'll watch how that comes back. But it's it's had it's they've just kind of treaded water. They haven't grown it. Uh, much at all, and now we're seeing a decline in you know in in October, November, December, and holiday. So the jury's still out. Um, so what did they do? They just announced you know last week that they're relaunching uh, their after big afternoon news block to call it L.A. Afternoon News from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. A nice five-hour shift for uh for four reporters anchors slash news people that are going to do this uh this new afternoon news block from two to seven in hopes that they'll get younger and they'll get hipper and they'll steal audience away from their big crosstown competitor at kfi you know, it's a double-edged sword you know really you're trying to go younger it is uh but you're going to lose everybody that was your core you know what are you going to do? I also think this is a bit of an over. This is a bit of a re, uh, of a reaction, and the new initiative taken by the new program director that was brought in. Well, he was named in July. I think he started in September. Alex Silverman, who came in from Philadelphia, where he had overseen the AMFM combo. You know the AMFM simulcast switch in Philly with KYW, the big news radio station there. And so they bring him in, and so he's been there three or four months, and now this is his big initiative to, re, you know, to redo afternoon drive for the radio station. And it comes about uh, three weeks or not even a month after their big competitor, KFI, kind of rejiggered their lineup. Didn't put in new personnel. Well, he put in one new personality in the evenings, but rejiggered 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. And now, you know, KNX is up against... Kind of a renewed lineup, a refreshed uh, air shift schedule at KFI. Just a modification, a little tweak here and there, and and we're going to find out who's going to win the uh, the talk news uh, wars here in LA. Is it Alex Silverman at KNX, or is it Robin Bertolucci at KFI? And uh, since uh, uh, you know Robin Bertolucci is uh, probably the most the genius talk radio program director alive today. You know, Alex Silverman's going to find himself up against the best, and I and I'm putting my money on on Robin Robin Bertolucci at KFI that she'll beat this back like a well with a stick. Let's put it that way. So no, with a club, she'll she'll hammer these guys. Well, these turns take a long time to work. News talk is not a, a quick format audience flip. It takes a long time for it to work, and so this is something that we're going to keep an eye on over the next few years to really get an idea of how well it does work. And at the end of the day, it's probably a pretty smart idea to have moved the audience to FM, even if it's the same audience and the same audience value they're selling because they know the AM is slowly going to just fade away. And you may as well get it there on FM as soon as they possibly can. And they've done this all over the country. And I think it's smart for Odyssey. The problem, of course, is they need immediate results. And so that becomes a real problem. All right, and uh, our friend Matt Sunshine at CSS uh, has a new study out that talks about the challenges that sales managers face as if they don't already know what they face. 
And we'll touch on that a little bit next week. Uh, there's some interesting points, I think, in terms of, uh, you know, misery loves company, and there's quite a bit of misery to go around in the sales management of radio stations these days. I've got some great feedback on that survey and the results from our friend Lucy Rice, who with me also uh, worked at CSS. So we've got, some, we've got some interesting comments to share on that, uh, on the, on the, on that study and what, they, what it quote-unquote revealed. Ah, the big reveal. Curious minds want to know. Well, we'll talk about that next week. Next Wednesday, when we do Media Insultant again, we're a production of In Town Media. In Town Media is a company that does contract management for radio stations. And you can find this podcast just about anywhere that podcasts are being hosted. The video is on Vimeo in the Media Insultant Showcase. Join us there. Remember, we drop a new show each Wednesday. Keith, maybe next week we should also talk about uh, Super Bowl odds, you know, because I'm such a football guy. Uh, I'm all about it, and uh, I'll be ready to go. All right, all right. In the meantime, buddy, great catching up with you again. Uh, have a good week. Me too. See you. See you next week, Jackson. <laughs>